0: Turn your Bibles with me to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37. I'm aware of the time, and uh, we will let you go, hopefully, at a, at a good time. Ezekiel 37. If you would ask me today, what do you want for 2015? Or if I would ask you, what is, name five things, or, or name one thing, or name some things that you would like to see happen or transpire, take place in the year of 2015. One of the things that would be at the top, if not number one, for this pastor is to see the power of God change people's lives. The anointing, well, you notice here. Notice here on your outline. By the way, if you don't have one, I want you to get one. This is a great, great outline. And Brother Steve will make sure you get one. Raise your hand. But if you'll notice, uh, Roman numeral number one, in order to have a revival, how many of you want to see a revival? Yeah. Amen. In order to have a spiritual renewal, that too? Amen. A divine influence or a quickening of the dead in trespass and sin. That's my goal for the year of 2015. I desire to see the manifestation of the Spirit and the power of God. And if, and if, if, if the church desires this, I believe that we will experience just that. Now, most of you are familiar with this chapter I want to read 14 verses from Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh, Lord, God, you know. There are a lot of times God will ask a question like that, not for information, not for information, but he wants to challenge the person or persons that he's asking that we might be uh, motivated to trust God. That's what he's doing. That's the reason. He asked this question in verse 4. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God of these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall, you shall, you shall live. And I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And then, you sh- then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. Now notice about five, six things that happened. First of all, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling or a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them also he said to me prophesy to the breath prophesy son of man and say to the breath thus says the Lord God come from the four winds O breath and breathe on these slain that they may what live so I prophesied and he as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet and exceedingly Great army. Somebody say, "Amen." A great army. Now look at the introduction before I finish reading these scriptures. The introdu- introduction, the vision of the valley of dry bones, and this is a these, these four lines are just very important to this to this sermon. The vision of the valley of dry bones has been variously interpreted. Some see it as teaching the uh, post as exilic. Yeah, I did practice it before I got up here, but I still fumbled. The exile, notice what it says, return of the exiles, as an an, 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 an analogy, (laughs) come on, Don, for spiritual regeneration and the birth of the church. Now, I don't want to lose that in the confusion here. It's prophesying to the Jews that would come out of exile come back into the country where God had established in them. Also, for spiritual regeneration or birth of the church, and then the third thing, notice what it says, dispensational interpreters see here the resurrection and restor- rest- rest- restoration of end times of national Israel. Contextual, it is. Contextually, it is designed to be a message of hope to the exiled Jews. Now, let me, let me say this about that because it's very important. If you read the rest of this scripture, in fact, I'll do that, verse 11, you'll find out this was written primarily to the Jews in Babylonian captivity that they would be restored back to their country and be blessed again by God. But it has more than one meaning to it. It has a dual meaning to it. You notice in what I just said. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost. Our bones are dry, our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves, I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. What a great promise. And it's happened. Amen? They're there. They have their homeland. They have been attacked and attacked and are being attacked, but they're there. They have their land. I do not believe they will ever be removed from that land again because God gave it to to the Jews. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land then you shall know that I the Lord have spoken it and performed it says the Lord. Father, bless the reading of your word. We cherish this more than more than gold, more than silver. We cherish it. And Lord, as we plant seed today, let the seed bring forth fruit in our lives in Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you want a revival. Now, I believe this is for the church. And I believe that God is speaking this to Bethel today, here and right now, for the year of 2015. Because I want to see it. I hunger to see, as I said earlier, the manifestation of the Spirit of God. There must be three things. And you notice they all start with P. First of all, there must be the presence of human instrumentality. Somebody has got to step up. Someone says or has to say, I'm going to be counted. I hope we all realize that God has placed the responsibility on us. First of all, sinners by and large are not going to to come to church. It's our responsibility to go where they are. We need to understand there will not Will not be a move of God unless we, unless we do something, not just a pastor, but all of us must be involved. God said to Ezekiel, he, he his, it was a command, and He's told him to speak forth and to uh, to step up. Now you know Ezekiel must have been a man of faith. For him to walk up on that hill and look over that valley and see nothing but dead, dry bones separated from each other. Someone said it was an army that there was a fight and there was a battle and, and many lost their lives. And it was just hundreds, maybe thousands of people that died there and had their and their bodies had uh, bleached, and and here they were. It had to take faith to preach, to prophesy to those dead bones. The same kind of faith that I had to have to come preach to you. i do not be i do not be mean, but 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 now you know most people respond, and that's just great. But it takes faith for a preacher to preach. It takes faith, it takes faith, listen to this, for you to go out there every day and witness for Jesus Christ. It takes faith for Dean to go over in the community where he goes over and gather the people and teach them ever what method that he and Melissa want to teach. It takes faith for Terry to go to the jail. It takes faith for him to go to the streets. It takes faith for you to go where they're going to laugh at you and make fun of you. It takes faith for you to go and say, I'm going to tell about Jesus Christ. You must step out in faith. Don't let the devil stop you. Don't let him crowd out God in your life in 2015. Step up to the plate and say, I'm going to do something for God. Well, preacher, you're talking about all of this stuff. I can't preach. I can't sing. I get nervous in front of people. That's not, God wants us, to, each one, to do what we can. Amen? He wants it. You know, I, I was thinking this morning. My mother, she, she drove an old 54 Chevrolet. But she never, hardly ever went to church that that thing won't fool. Now, I know we're living in a different day. Everybody's got a car, sometimes two and three cars. I know that. But my wife and I, we, we went to church, and uh, for 25 years, seldom did we have an empty car. Uh, we, we, we'd go here, we'd go there, and we'd go pick up people. We went, there was a lady by the name of Lillian Ashley, and for years we picked her up. It was out of the way. Sometimes she was honorary, Good woman. Good woman. But we would always go by Lillian Ashley's house and put her in our car and carry her to church. And then the next one, we'd go over on Cleveland Street and pick up, we called her Sister Crutchfield. We go get Sister Crutch. Where are you going? Oh, we're going to go get Sister Crutchfield. We're going to take her to, we're going to take her to, to church. Year after year after year. Then the next one was Sidney Hester. He lived over on Holloway Street. I loved Sidney Hester. He was a great guy. Just loved him. And we'd pick him up year after year after year. We'd pick people up and we enjoyed it. Someone says, I don't want to get up and turn to to. How many of us could put somebody in our car on Sunday morning? You have room? Huh? Be good. I, I, I just think it's, we all. you know something else we could do? There's a lot of empty pews here today. Look at the pews. One, two, three, four. Empty pews. Thank you, Doug, for being back on the back pew and helping that back pew back there. Hold it down. Every one of us could pick a pew for the year of 2015. Amen? I like this. Because now you say you can just preach on the spiritual things, but don't, don't get where we live. I would challenge you this year to pick a pew and fill it up. Work at it. Says, so here's an empty pew. I'm gonna have ten people on that pew by the by July the fourth or March the third. I'm gonna have somebody on that pew. Now they're preaching to go on the meddling, but it's true. There's something we all could do. And God challenges us to affect other people's lives. We may have to go the extra mile, we may have to give a little extra, we may have to get up a little earlier something that we can do. I sort of like that pick a pew thing. Wouldn't it be great to have all these pews filled? Each person said, I'm going I'm to make sure that, that that pew next to me is full or that pew I'm sitting on is full. I want to make sure That someone that's never heard the gospel is going to sit in that seat and hear the gospel and go to that altar and surrender their life to Jesus Christ. Or better yet, witness to them out there. Let them accept Christ and bring them here saved. We'll get them baptized. We'll teach them discipleship. We'll encourage them. We'll love them. We'll hug them. We'll cry with them. We'll laugh with them. Oh. In other words, if we're going to have this great manifestation, we've got to be like Ezekiel. Ezekiel prophesy to these dry bones. God, I don't know why in the world you want me to speak to these dry bones. They don't have ears to hear. They don't have nothing. They're dead. And you're asking me? By faith, by faith to speak to these dry bones, that's what God is calling us all to do. In some measure, I'm going to use my car. I'm going to use my influence. I'm going to use my money. I'm going to use my time. I'm going to do something for God in 2015 to better the kingdom. Wow. So first of all, we've got to have somebody that's going to be obedient. To the Lord. The presence of human instrumentality. God, I'm going to be, I'm going to step up to the plate. I'm not going to live a life that's selfish this year. I'm going to think of somebody else. I'm going to love somebody else. I'm going to reach out to someone else. The second thing is the preaching of the gospel. He said prophesy. Preach. Send forth the word. Let me read you some scripture. I really like these scriptures. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2. It says, preach the word. Paul is speaking to Timothy, but he's speaking to every one of us, not just a pastor, evangelist, pastor, apostle, prophet. He's speaking to each and every disciple. How many of you that are saved today? Let me see your hand. Well, most of us are. How many of you are a disciple of Jesus Christ? Let me see your hand. Well, we weeded out a few, but you still, we got some disciples. Many of us, that's who he's talking to. He says, preach. And he says here to Timothy, he says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. When you feel good and when you don't feel good. When things are going well and things are not going so well. Be ready at all times. Why? Because this is the number one thing. Priority is for us to get the gospel to the, unlo- to the unreached and the lost. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. What a challenge. Notice the second verse that I'm going to read, Acts 10, 42. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. We're here to tell you that there is only one God. There's only one Lord, and his name is Jesus Christ. Preach it. Tell it. Notice Luke chapter 9 verse 60. Jesus said to him, "Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and what? Preach." God <laughs> Jesus called this fellow and said, come on, follow me. He said, oh, I got to go to a funeral. My loved one died. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. You go and preach. Listen, he said what he's saying here, he's not being disrespectful to the dead. What he's saying here, preaching the gospel is the most important thing that you will do in 2015. Oh, hallelujah, let the dead bury the dead. You go and preach the kingdom of God. Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into where? All the world. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to some of the people. Huh? What did it say? Every creature. Every creature. Tell them about Jesus. Talk about Jesus. I mean, I know he's the greatest thing in the world to talk about? God, forgive me for not talking more about Jesus. Help us to talk about Jesus. Luke 4, 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to watch. I thought it was to speak in tongues. I thought it was to shout. There's nothing wrong with those. I'll shout and I'll speak in tongues. Well, let me tell you what you're anointed for. You're anointed to touch the unsaved and to touch the lost and to bring in those out there that need Jesus Christ. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of, recovery of sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed. We had a church to come and tell us now, uh, here's somebody we want you to minister to. In fact, we've been we've been sent people. I used to be, I, I, I used to, uh, so many churches would uh, uh, send people to us. I had, a, I had a man to come this week and talk to me that's from another church, and, and he's got a pastor, and he's got a church. He's been in that church for years, he said, but he says, I, I can't talk to these people. I won't talk to you. church to tell us one time says now here is the kind of people you folks minister to it's a true story true story the poor the illiterate that's your church but we affect and preach and minister to those uh, upper class isn't that something but he says, you're preached to the poor. I'm glad I can preach to the poor, aren't you? Aren't you glad you can reach out to those that's hurting, the lost, those that don't look good, those that don't carry themselves well, those that, you know, God helps us to reach out to them? He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he is on So we need, first of all, the presence of somebody. I'm determined to challenge people this year, I hope you are, to serve Jesus Christ. Introduce as many people to the Lord as we possibly can. So we need that personal touch. Second of all, we need the preaching of the gospel. And then third, the power of the Spirit of God. Now, these bones came together. The sinews came on them. The flesh came on them. But they were dead. There's, They looked like a church. They acted like a Christian. But they were dead. You see, God wants a church that's alive. And that's my desire, is to have a church that's alive. Dead people are not going to bring life to dead people. Live people are going to bring life, It's going to bring life to dead people. And dead people need to hear a lively sermon. And dead people need to hear a lively testimony. And dead people need to see people that look like, act like, but they enjoy living for Jesus Christ. Dead people need to hear that. They need to see that. We need to demonstrate what God has done for us. I'm not talking to the point of turning people off. But I am saying the church needs to be alive. That's what Dan was saying a while ago. I went to see the Tar Heels yesterday. Uh, 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 he's going to see the Blue Devils Wednesday. But I went to see the Tar Heels yesterday. Who are they playing? Who is Duke playing? Wolford? I don't want to get, I don't want to get into that because he has got a great team this year. I'll tell you right now. That's what he was saying. You know, we go out there in the world and we laugh and we joke and we talk and we go to sports arenas and we get in there and we holler and we jump up and down and then we get to church and we act like we're the dead. We don't need to be dead. We need to be alive. We need to be alive. Hallelujah. Life. Did you notice that scripture? Did you know every place he said, and they will live life. The word over, it's over and over in that scripture. Life, live, life. God knows how to raise the dead. He knows how to get them up. He knows how to stand them on their feet. And life, life Can be in them. The power of the Spirit of God. It's one thing for us to go, it's another thing for us to preach, but it's important that we allow the Holy Spirit, the power of God, to move, anoint, and bless in our midst. Listen to what the prophet said Zechariah 4 and 6. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might. It ain't going to be done by education. It's not going to be done with money. It's not going to be done. I love these lights, but these lights are not going to save anybody. It's not going to be done by singing. It's not going to be done by preaching. What will be done is by the moving of the power of the Lord. Hallelujah. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Just tell Him right now, right from your heart, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Oh God, is He ever welcome here. God, may we not do anything that would grieve the Spirit here at Bethel. May we be open to the manifestation and the moving of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. God spoke to Ezekiel and he said, Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy to the four winds. I want you to prophesy to the east. I want you to prophesy to the west. I want you to prophesy to the north. I want you to prophesy to the south he say, Pastor, why would he prophesy to those four winds? Because God is omnipotent, or rather omnipresent. He's everywhere. Let me tell you why I believe he said prophesy to the north and south and east and west. Because he was saying, Ezekiel, I'm going to do a new thing. Yeah. I'm going to do a new thing. And for the year of 2015, mark it down. God Almighty is going to do a new thing in your life. If you step up to the plate and say, come on, let's do it. Come on, let's go. Come on, let's get involved. God's going to do a new thing. Prophesied to the east, the west, the north, and the south. I don't know what God's going to do, but I believe He's going to do a new thing in this church. I'm, 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 I'm so, come February, Carolyn, I'll be here 46 years. I'm just as excited over what God's going to do this year as I was when I first started pastoring back in 1969. God's going to do a new thing at Bethel. I believe that with all of my heart. There's some pieces that are in, in, in place. God has established leadership in this church Like I believe that it's maybe never been. There are powerful leaders in this church. Men and women. But every one of us have got to step up to the plate. Every one of us have got to work and pray and fast and believe like it all depends on us. It's something that we must do. We must be about our Father's business. He said, I want you to prophesy to the breath, which is the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was resurrected, he went into that closed-door room with those disciples. And the Bible says that he breathed on. I want him to breathe on me. I said, I want him to breathe on me. Do you want him to breathe on you? If God Almighty, through the power of the Spirit of the Lord, breathes on you, you're changed. He breathed on them and said something that's so important. He said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now, we have people today that don't believe in Acts chapter 2. They don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. They don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. They think that Acts, that what happened in Acts died with Acts and with the the original apostles. It didn't. Amen? It did not. It did not. Listen, Pentecost is alive and well. Did you know that the Pentecostal denominations are the fastest growing denominations and the fastest one of the fastest growing groups in the world? You say, but Brother Don, I know some Pentecostals. I don't care what you know about some people. What I care about is what God is doing through people. That's what I care. And they received the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says, the Bible says they spoke in tongues. But Brother Don, we're living in the 21st century. We don't need all that stuff. That's the problem now. We've lost that stuff. We need the Spirit of God. We need the anointing of God. We need the gifts of the Spirit to flow. If there ever was a time, listen at me, listen at me, listen at me. If there ever was a time that we need the gift of wisdom, it's today. If there ever was a time we need the gift of knowledge, it's today. And listen at this one. If there ever was a time that we needed discerning of spirits, discerning of spirits. Oh! we'd save ourselves a lot of problems if we would allow the discerning of spirits to operate. That's the reason he was telling, he was telling uh, Timothy here. He was saying, listen, he says convince, rebuke, exhort with all along. Hey, convince. You can speak flowery words, but you're not going to convince anybody unless it's through the Holy Spirit. And you go around rebuking, you may get your nose smashed in. But you rebuke rebuking the Lord, and God will stand by your side and praise God. It'll work. Reconvince, rebuke, and exhort. That's what's going to go on here Wednesday night. There's going to be exhortation. In the presence and glory and power of the Holy Spirit. We need that, folks. We need that. I'm going to close. The results of Ezekiel's obedience, there was a noise, a shaking, bones came together, sinews and flesh, breath came, they lived, stood upon their feet. There was a wonderful, listen to this, restoration and transformation. Can you imagine, can you imagine, in as much as we can, thousands and thousands of pieces of bones and all of them coming together. The foot bone connected to the ankle bone. The ankle bone connected to the leg bone. The leg bone connected to the knee bone. The knee bone connected to the thigh bone. The thigh bone connected to the back bone. The back bone connected to the neck bone. Mm, hear the word of the Lord. Coming together. Breath in them. They didn't say they stood up a, a host of car salesmen. It didn't say they stood up a host of preachers. It didn't it says they stood up a host of army. God give us an army today. Give us men and women that's willing to fight. I'm tired of the church being jelly back. Weak bone. The church needs a strong backbone. Listen. Listen, listen, listen at me. Listen at me. The church needs a strong backbone. Standing up. Believe in God. And we can do it in the Lord. We can do it in the Lord. Notice the lessons learned. Instead of a valley of dry bones, there was an army living, united, and mighty. They said our bones are dry and our hope is gone. That's what some of the church is saying today. I'm like a, I'm like am like a dry cereal. I'm dry, and our hope is gone. Let me tell you, when that man, when Ezekiel stepped out and looked over that valley, you're talking about hopeless. It was hopeless from one corner to the other. It was one corner to the other. But there is no home. There is no life. There is no city, there is no community, there is no nation that's hopeless. No situation.